Welcome to the show, guys. On today's episode, I want to get a little vulnerable on the process of something I'm going through right now. And so um, this episode is going to be about um, kind of, I, I thought, how cool would it be if we could walk through together what it looks like to handle a mistake in your life. And so this is something that I'm walking through right now and I got inspired this morning. And so I figured, why not hop on the mic and, you know, maybe some flourishment will come out of this by talking through it. Um, but the three words that I'm speaking over myself today is patience, kindness, and willingness. And these three words throughout the podcast will keep returning and will keep coming up. And these are very important um, to this. So the first topic I want to talk about here is how do we handle the power that we have? How do we recognize first we as especially as believers but just as people our decisions affect people's lives our decisions truly affect others lives and it's something to somewhat take seriously you know uh i think a lot of times in our culture today we don't really focus on what it means what our our actions the effects of our actions you know it's it's kind of just looked past it's you are the star of your movie go and do you do you know what you need to do to get what you want and do what you want and honestly there's nowhere in the bible that talks about living that way and so even in the church we kind of adopt that and we forget and we get deceived by lies um and so, uh, so the first thing is just like, how do we handle our power? How do we first recognize, okay, when I make a decision, when I do something, when I take action, it has effects on the people around me that my life actually does things. Like sometimes I think people get stuck in this little hole and think that, you know, if they weren't here or if, you know, how, what what can one person really do? And I'll be the first to admit, one person can absolutely change hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people's lives or just very significantly shift a few people towards. I think too much of the, our problem is that we quantify these things. You know, in, in the Bible, it talks about the least among us will be the greatest and the poor will be rich, you know. And, and so it's all flipped on its head. And even as we live right now, the, it's like, oh, well, what's your number on Instagram? You know, how many followers do you have? How many listens on this podcast? And we quantify it like that is actually what meaning is. Meaning is not a number. Meaning is the impact we have on individuals in our life. Recently, we were going through 
my discipler and I were going through the book of Samuel, First uh, Samuel, and we saw the great anointings that both Samuel and his spiritual father, Eli, had. And they blessed people. They did amazing things. But the one thing they neglected was the people closest to them. They didn't invest into their kids. You know, and that's what we remember from Eli now is that, you know, his kids weren't followers of God. And we can have, and, and so what I've been learning is to separate anointing from purpose or from impact or from what really matters. You can be anointed to go speak in front of huge crowds. You can uh, have millions of dollars to donate to you know, African children to build schools and build homes and create infrastructure and give them water. You can do amazing things as a mission but if you aren't focused on the people closest to you, then you're going to miss the point. It's the people closest to us that should be the most blessed, not the least blessed. It should be the people closest to us that are most in tune with who we are and most loving of being around us, not the least you know, and the social media culture gets that confused, you know, uh, with image and all of that. So just kind of wanted to establish that, like, we do affect people's lives, and it matters, and it matters to think about these things and separate these things. Next thing is, like, what do we do when we make a mistake? And I think the first thing is just recognize the conviction from God as a gift, you know, regardless of what the mistake is, you know that you did something wrong when you receive that gift of conviction from God. <laughs> the last thing, you know, everybody wants, they try to avoid conviction. I try to avoid conviction. It doesn't feel good. But once we recognize that that is a gift from God to tell us there's some things in our heart, in our lives that need to shift a little bit because you are now taking, you know, your life into your own hands. You are stepping over boundaries. You are moving fast. And so the definition of power here is the ability to enact your will on the world around you. Let me say that again. It's 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 really because we we think power of like okay you power you know Tesla up you power um, you're powerful as in like strong you just see this like jacked guy or something in your in your mind um, uh, or someone you know you, you just see but the definition is the ability to enact your will on the world around you so you want to do something if you have power if you are able to do that in the way that you want to do it. And it's a dangerous thing because power in itself is a gift because God didn't give everybody the ability to enact their will on life around them. 
and it is a special thing to be entrusted with and God's entrusting us with a lot and he entrusts us and he and he does trust us you know and he wants to build us up to be able to use that in the right direction because if you have great power wow you can do a lot of good for people you can love people well you can really show people that they're special and show them that you care but you can also destroy you know you can all like it's 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 a fine line and and this is not to scare you by any means like this is just things to think about digest and pray about with god did i pray before this i don't know if i prayed okay i'm gonna pray real fast i prayed on my own but i don't know if i did on mic so god jesus i pray for you to just be present in this for me to be a vessel of you for not (laughs) this to be some cleverness that i came up with but this is direct teaching from the bible that this is all your spirit speaking through me lord i want to be your vessel today i um i think it's incredible uh the opportunities you've given me i think it's incredible uh the way you've made my mind i think how you've structured atoms um to to build a body and build an earth around us i think is phenomenal that you made all of this with us in mind individually it's like out of my imagination i can't even think of like how that's possible or why you would do that god but that is what we're here for to be in awe of who you are lord jesus god i want to keep being curious keep moving um towards you and 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 just never lose that tenacity never get hardened by the world lord i i pray for everybody listening here to be blessed by anything i say lord and for us to walk forward with humility and patience and kindness and willingness to serve in the way that you want us to lord that you have designed for us that you've meant for us lord you want fullness of joy for our lives God, you want fullness of joys for our lives, and we're proclaiming that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, back to when you use your power for wrong. Ritz really means when you made a bad decision, when you made a mistake. Recognize the growth that you need through God. And he's going to tell you that with conviction. (laughs) It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun. Uh, But it'll make you a strong person if you listen to it. It'll make you a wise person over time if you listen to it. Um, Just listen to that conviction. And, you know, I want to differentiate the difference between, and this will get more clear through this podcast, but differentiate the difference between conviction and condemnation. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference, and it's all about the tone. The enemy, you know, the opposer, what many call the devil, will condemn you and make you feel horrible. Like, you need to beat yourself up, and we're going to go into that. But I want you to know, conviction is not condemnation. Conviction is something that draws you back to God, not something that makes you run from God. Conviction is like, hey, buddy, you know, you messed up, dude, um, but I still love you, 
and I want you to learn from this, and I want you to come to me. That's what conviction is about. And it's like, you, when you get caught by your father, you know, it still is like, oh, mm, this guy is powerful. Mm, I, I need to make, I need, I need to make him proud, you know. Um, and <laughs> it's still scary, but it's so, it's, it's, there's love intertwined with it. And condemnation, there's no love there, you know, um, especially from the enemy. Um, so conviction is a gift from God. Um, and then I think the next step when, when you've made a mistake is to repent and turn towards Jesus. So first, like, receive that conviction. Say, wow, okay, God, I recognize that there's things in my life, in my heart, in my mind in my uh, ability to stay patient, in ability to be kind, in, the bil- in my ability to uh, stay in prayer and talk to you more about things before I do something. Like, that's, you know, recognizing that through that conviction, but then immediately allowing that conviction to do what God intended it for, which is to return back to God, to turn, shift from a place of your mistake to a place of, wow, God, I I made this mistake. I did this thing. But like through your conviction, I am learning and I'm seeking to learn and I need your help. And I'm going to turn towards you. I'm going to direct my life towards you and receive from you what I need, and, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, 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 because, you know, you, in order to be who we're supposed to be, we need to direct our lives towards the source of life and love, which is God, and then, you know, the the next part of this is where do we find that? How do we know what God really wants us to do? And it's like read scriptures about Jesus and what love is and how we love others. Because usually mistakes have to do with other people. You know, we've hurt other people. We, it's always, it, it's never it wouldn't be a mistake really if there wasn't you know another cognizant human being that has emotions and desires and feelings involved in a mistake you know um it's always has to do with other people and how do we position our hearts right to learn how to not you know bring either you know w- if we're referring to you know sexual sin or whatever, it talks in the scriptures about how that is something that you are committing towards yourself. So there is a person involved in that is towards yourself. So if that's something you're dealing with, um, it is just as relevant. It's just as relevant. These things go in just as relevant um, because it is a disconnect between you know your desire and who you are as identity in Christ, and so. I'm just going to go to the perfect, or two, there's two different scriptures that come to mind. I'm sure it comes to mind for a lot of you guys. 
and I know this is more structured than usual. I'm I'm bringing in all the scripture because um, I think you know I think that's important. And so I think the main thing is like when we mess up, we tend to want to beat ourselves up, and that's the last thing we should do. Is like God doesn't ask us to beat ourselves up. He asks us to recognize what we did and then turn away from that kind of life choice, life choices. And so um, what I love about it is it's not Jesus makes it not confusing. You know, it's like, oh, well, I got to do this right. I got to do this right. Society, my mom, my dad, my parents, this person, this person tells me that you have to do these things in order to stay, you know, doing the right thing. And this is both in Matthew and Mark. Um, but Jesus reduces all of that to just a couple things. And, and Jesus says the most important thing, and this is um, Mark, uh, this is Mark twelve twenty nine through 31. It says the most important thing is here, o, o Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord of God is one, and you sh- shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And I think the biggest thing is not to beat yourself up when you make a mistake. I, we we, we want to do that so bad. We're like, dang, how stupid am I? You know, how blinded was I? You know, and, but that's the whole point. When you get in the word of truth and you start reading scriptures that specifically address love, specifically address the greatest commandments, how we should live our life. It casts away all lies that are around it. This competition, you know, we are not warring against flesh and blood enemies, but against the rulers and principalities in heavenly places. Like, the war that we're fighting is one over our heart. And how do we fill our heart with life? It's understanding the truth. It's always been a battle between the truth and the lies. I, I heard this quote once that, talked about um that the truth is so valuable that it's often surrounded by guards of lies that that's how valuable the truth is i don't don't really know i heard that from ravi zacharias um but yeah i think that's just super important to know is like if we have the truth then no other lies can infiltrate because um this, this goes back to the armor of god Yeah, it says uh, take up the shield of faith so that um, you can extinguish every flaming dart of the enemy. And what that's saying is the trustworthiness of God, I'm going to hold up before anything else as my defense. Because faith equals the count as trustworthy. And so I believe that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit three and one are trustworthy and they're going to do what they say. I believe that everything in this book is the truth. And so when someone tells me something else or I 
believe a lie that my identity is not what Jesus says it is, which is a child of God, very special, then, but when I, and if I count him as trustworthy, you know, in the faith, hold up that shield of counting God as trustworthiness, all of the lies just fall to the ground because the truth casts out all lies. The truth is where it is. And where do you find the truth? In the book of, or in, in, in the Bible, you know. When we make a mistake, you know, we've talked about understanding power. We've talked about um, conviction, how we handle that feeling um, and that spiritual truth, you know, how we repent and turn back to God. Um, But the next thing is to define how we should live our life and what love is because if we truly believe that we are children of the most glorious and righteous God we're, we're seeking after that you know and it says um, in 1 Corinthians thirteen four, love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irri- irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So, for me specifically, um, God just showed me I have to work on patience. That. If we can't wait for something, then we're not deserving of it. And what's so crazy is um, <laughs> I made a sp- mistake last night, right? And before that, randomly picked a number that my friend Priscilla, she might actually come on the podcast with her boyfriend to talk about redemption and relationships, which is going to be incredible. Um, but she was handing people these different notes and it was just random numbers. And I don't know why I thought of 12. She gave me number 12 and it says in him through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians three twelve, And so I was like, Oh, well this, you know, that's pretty good. And then I read what she wrote. She said, you don't have you don't have to have everything together to meet with Jesus. He loves you unconditionally. And wow, like having this note in my pocket now after, you know, just really feeling stupid, you know, I'm just going to say it, really feeling like I hurt someone you know and that's my biggest thing is I want to enrich people's lives I don't want to hurt people you know and um, even before that I don't know what it was but God spoke to me those three words patience kindness and willingness and I would have never defined myself in the past as that I always defined myself with 
words of valor. You know, they, they do those questions like three words that defined you. Like it was always, you know, innovative or creative or um, even curious or I, I don't know if curious is one, but I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> um, but do you guys realize that through patience, kindness, and willingness, you can do anything? So this is the good stuff, right? Because we went through all that. The process of making a mistake. The process of filling that conviction. The process of understanding that we need God because there's things in our lives that need to grow. Taking that, that, that understanding and bringing it to God. Repenting from that thing. Turning your life towards the source of love, the source of life. Without beating yourself up, up about it but striving to be more like God. And this is what's so fantastic about this whole thing. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Your default mode network is not one of mistakes. Your default settings aren't of hate anymore. When you are in Christ, you have been made new, a new creation. That's where this all kind of wraps up is if we are in Christ Jesus, we have given him our our desires we've given him our life on a, on a daily basis but just in general we we say god do with me the way you want to do and i'm going to be your disciple i'm going to follow you then no god is the coordinator of all things he will set things into place and it will be clear and when we rush things when we move too fast when we decide hey i'm gonna do it my way actually you know i'm not gonna listen to what love is because you know i think i don't need to listen to that scripture if if you if you're not being patient that's not loving and if you're not loving you're gonna hurt people um and just know that through patience he teaches us this because through patience love kindness and willingness to go where he wants us to go and serve where he wants us to serve that's how we fall into his path that's how we fall into the destiny he's created us for is when we allow him to put the pieces together when we allow him to do his coordination when we don't try to hold on to things that we think will satisfy Yeah, he will guide you. Um, and he will guide you even through your stubbornness, right? He, he's going to teach you what you, you know, he's given you a choice. And you chose him. Or if you haven't, you can. But after you choose him and you continue to follow him, 
and abide in Jesus, abide in that new creation, even your own fleshly desires, your own stubbornness, the decisions that you want to make won't get in the way of what God's coordinating in your life. You can't get in the way of it. You can make mistakes, but that conviction is going to be there over and over again to teach you. He's just waiting for you to fully embrace what he's taught you. He's waiting for that for that moment. Um, yeah, because when we, we think as humans that we walk in one direction, that we are going to get our desired results. If we do this thing, like that is the desired results. But it is only from a heavenly perspective or a elevated perspective, one of above, that you can see the whole map. You can see what's actually going on. When we're down in this perspective, we don't know where our decisions are going to lead us. That is why we need that heavenly perspective. We need that... Um, elevated perspective the one from the clouds the one looking down upon us okay another thing about mistakes is allow the mistakes to fire you up to move so you've released it to god you aren't beating yourself up about it and you you're you're staying in prayer throughout this whole thing but allow that mistake to show you the attributes in your life and the things that God actually wants to pursue. Because all we know that when a mistake is made or you fail, that we are just off the path that God has desired for us. So yeah, in my life, um, I am really willing and wanting God to show me, hey man, like, you have purposes. You are incredible. I've gifted you in, in certain ways. I need you to, to be focused. I need you to stay patient for me. I want you to love people well. I want fullness of joy for you. And that's what God wants for us. Fullness of joy. He wants fullness of joy for, for you. So if you've made a mistake or you just made a mistake or you made a mistake that is still eating you up, just know that Jesus has redeemed you and you do not have to succumb to the lies of the enemy that you get to run back into the embrace of Jesus and the embrace of a loving father. Say, hey God, like, I know you sh you're showing me I messed up, but and I, I just, I need more of you. I don't know what to do apart from you. I try to figure out these things on my own. I try to make my own decisions. I try to rush your processes. God's desire for you is fullness of joy in your life. He wants to guide you to that path. That's what he wants for you. And he knows that 
that comes by abiding in Him and comes by abiding in His truth, by living a life of kindness and love and living a life of patience and willingness to serve where you're needed. Um, Yeah, I feel like I'm just kind of rambling on at this point, but I hope this helped someone. And it's, it's kind of still all over the place because... I just kind of wrote down these notes today real fast. And, you know, this is something, this is what I'm processing through right now. And so I want you guys to know that if you are going through something, you aren't alone. And I wanted this to be a way that we could come together and process through something together. That we can hold fast to what is true and not follow, not, not, again, not believe lies. That I wanted to show you that, um, you know, even though you could be listening to this and a lot of you probably even know me in person, there, everybody makes mistakes. But the test of, you know, in my case, a great man, the test of a great man is how you respond. And that's what I'm wanting to do. I want to do my due diligence to discover why I make the decisions I do. I want to discover more of how and ask God to help me be more patient. I want to discover what it means to be kind. I want to discover all of those things. And so, yes, Jesus, I pray over every person listening right now that this blessed just one person um, just one of you that there's someone that just needed to hear uh, this process and then get into these scriptures and really break down what these meant in your your own life God I pray for your Holy Spirit to work in someone's life today Lord Jesus I pray and repent to you um, for letting down, you know, hurting your children. God, I want you to direct me in the way I should go, Lord, and I want to listen to you and hear from you and stay patient and kind and humble, God. Thank you so much, Jesus. Amen. One little thing before we leave is I was writing down today, life is a process for the for the believer. Life for the believer is a process of being humbled and humbling yourself. And yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna end it. So I hope this wasn't too gloomy. Um I don't want you guys to be sad, you know. This isn't a sad thing. This is a tough thing. You know, we we need to be honest about these kind of things. We need to come forth and work through um, the decisions we have made. We need to work through convictions that we have. Um, but ultimately, I, I wanted to fire you guys up that God is a good God and he has plans for you. And every mistake that you make is a learning opportunity to for, for God to expose things about your heart that you're not willing to give up, you know. And I wanted to fire you up and to, to go serve in the kingdom more. To, to know that it's 
you know, you have been made new, so your mistakes do not define you. Your mistakes have never defined you, okay? You may have defined yourself by your mistakes, but you do not have to do that anymore in Jesus' name. That your mistakes do not define you, and what does define you is your ability to turn towards God and rest in Him. And then fire you up to go do something awesome for the kingdom. There's a a bunch of stuff we can do. We can go help, you know, kids in Africa, like I said before. We can go just meet someone new on campus that probably needs a friend and go talk to them. And so that's what I want. I want to I want to cultivate a environment that fires you up and says, "Hey, okay, we're we're working through things. We we are moving forward and working through things so that we can serve God better." You know, because we love him so much, we just want to make him proud. We just want to make him proud, and that's what I want to do. So I hope this helped you guys. And guys, please pray over me if you can. I could really use any prayers you want to throw at me. Um, You know, I love them. Alrighty, guys. Well, I will talk to you later. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And know that you are special. You are made.